All right, ladies and gentlemen, what is good? What is good with everyone? Welcome to another interview segment here on We Create Music TV. I, of course, am your host, B. Vaughn. And today we have DJ Baby Blue Diamond joining us. And so we're going to sit back. We're going to learn all we can about her tonight and just have a great time. But before we jump into this interview, you know, make sure to subscribe to the channel, hit the like button, turn on notifications so you can be notified of all the great things that we're doing here at We Create Music TV. All right, so without further ado, everybody welcome DJ Baby Blue Diamond. Welcome, welcome. Good evening, good evening. Good evening. Good evening, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I am. I'm good. It's Monday, you know, the start of the start of the week. Well, actually, I guess yesterday would have been the start of the week. But, you know, it's good. Outside of that, it's it's still good. You know, so, yeah, glad to have you on. Glad to learn more about you and what you do and uh, just to sit here and, and, and chop it up with you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. So let's get right into it. So. If you wouldn't mind starting us off, how did you get started in this whole musical industry, right? This musical industry. How did you get how did you get started in the music industry from where you were now, where you were began and kind of to where you are where you are now? Started off DJing um Chapter School Music. I grown to love for Chapter School Music through my siblings. That's all they played around the house, especially my brother. So that's when I fell in love with the art form. A chopped in school music and that was during my middle school age and then as i got older graduated high school that's when i taught myself how to chop in school music because um i had asked the dj that i used to follow how to chop in school if he can chop in school a song and he gave me a rude comment so i was like you know what i teach myself so i taught myself so that's how i basically started djing and then i eventually went into djing in clubs slowly a dj friend of mine invited me to dj at a club and that's how i got started djing in clubs and bars um as far as my radio station i started that uh, i want to say two years after me learning how to dj i wanted to um give a platform for underground and indie artists to have their chance to shine i love watching vh1 behind the scenes music and how artists got started and a lot of artists who got started they the new someone in the music industry so and a lot of artists i know don't know anyone in the music industry so it's not like i know someone i can get my foot in the door like Ludacris started off doing radio and then mm -hmm. he became a most people don't know how to most people don't have people to start them off like that so i wanted to be the person to help them get their start with the music so that's why i started my station and then i wanted another platform from them too get their voice out there and their music out there. So that's why I started the magazine and okay. now we're here. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what's up. That's what's up. So, so let's go back for a second. So chopped and screwed. What is that? What's chopped and screwed? Like, like, okay, now I'm not asking for me. Right. Okay. Cause I know chopped and screwed. Like I know chopped and screwed like ESG slanging and banging. Right. That was my group back in the day, but yeah. they were all, they were all chopped and screwed. I mean, I lived in Louisiana for, <laughs> A couple of years so i know all about the whole chopped and screwed movement but what really is chopped and screwed music and what are some of the elements that make up this uh, this type of music well chopped and screwed music is more than just slowing down a song because some people think it's just slowing it down a song but you have to slow it down you have to change pitch a little bit 
and then you just chop the song like I guess you can say it half. I guess that's the best way to describe it. It's kind of hard to describe it, but it is a. <laughs> but the main part is slowing it down. You know, that's the main part. A lot of people like to call it slow and reverb, which is another name for it. But it, you really chopping it up. Um, actually, the slow part of music started in Florida. They used to call it drag music, and then you know Texas chopped it up, and that's how we got chopped and screwed with DJ Screw. That's basically how I can describe it. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. That's yeah, that's great. Yeah. It's the first time I heard Chopped and Screwed. Literally, I was like, yo, what is this? Why is it so slow? How am I supposed to da- dance to this? It's so <laughs> right. I mean, because you know, like yeah. I heard Chopped and Screwed. So I'm in Louisiana when I was stationed in the military. I'm in Louisiana. And that's when I heard Chopped and Screwed. And, you know, you'll hear the, the real fast songs come on. And then all of a yeah. sudden, Chopped and Screwed to come on. You're like, and the whole mood has just changed, but it just felt different. That's how I fell in love with it, being in Louisiana and listening to groups like ESG. You know, that was, yeah, that was my group right there. Slanging and banging. <laughs> Slanging and banging. Not many people know who ESG is, right? Nope. And so, you know, or DJ Screw, and or just people like, like that that kind of started this whole chopped and screwed movement. You know, I had a conversation with someone a, a while ago and I don't remember who it was, but we kind of talked about how music used to be regionalized. And, you know, if you were up north, you back in the day, if you were up north or on the West Coast or even in the south, like here in Atlanta, you probably would have never heard of chopped and screwed music unless you no. lived in that area. Now, I mean, you can hear all types of music from all types all over the world. But back then it used to be regionalized. And so. I'm originally from Virginia, so I'm listening to, you know, like hip hop from New York, East Coast type stuff. And so here I go to Louisiana and I'm like, yo, what is this? I've never heard this <laughs> ever, ever heard any of this, like MC Nero, like MC Nero was my guy. But I don't know if you know who that is, but uh, yeah. yeah, like it's a whole, it was just a whole eye opening experience to new music that was amazing and that people had never heard of. Now you can hear Chopping Screwed everywhere, but yeah. So, okay, so so you started the whole, so you, you, you taught yourself how to do Chopped and Screwed, right? So how did you do that? What was that process like of teaching yourself how to chop and screw the music? <laughs> A lot of mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, at first, when I first started, I thought it was just a press of a button because they're all like presets on a lot of DJ programs. And I thought it was that it. And I thought I had it. I was like, oh, that's all they did was press a button. Then a friend of mine, he's not really a DJ, but he knows how to chop and screw music. He's like, no, that's not it. So he gave me a song to listen to and he told me what to do and show me how to practice. And I practiced and, until I got better. And some YouTube videos helped a little bit. So... Yeah, you know, you know that's that's amazing because there were times when YouTube or YouTube University, right, was never yeah. really prevalent to provide people the education that they needed in order to be competent in in this whole music industry. Now you can YouTube everything, right? And so learning how to teach yourself a skill set back then was tremendous because there was really no guidance on how to do it unless you partnered up with someone who did that particular style of style of music. Exactly. And so, right. So a lot of trial and error, a lot of mistakes and a lot of just, you know, seeing what works, getting feedback probably. And that kind of helped you do what you did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
You know, so 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 talk about uh, your your mini series, Young and the Rest. Young, I want to, I was going to say Young and the Restless, but that's not <laughs> what it is. It's Young and Reckless. So talk about yes. so talk about that. How did you come up with this mini series? Uh, what was the overall motivation for it? And uh, you know, so just talk about that. I'm interested in hearing about Young Young and Reckless. Well, I got that series because um, it started off with, um, I think my first one was the, I want to say the ASAP Rocky one with TGE. I love listening to these new artists, but I know a lot of the new artists always get their influence from the people that came before them. Of course. So that's why I came with the young and reckless, because, you know, they're young, but when I say reckless, I don't mean reckless as in like a bad way, but just like, I don't know, reckless just seemed to fit with the title, so that's how I kind of came with it. I know my last series, the Young and Reckless ones, I think it was like the After School Jam or something like that. And with that one, I took a lot of the new songs that sampled the old school songs and we put them both on there. So, for instance, I have um, Swimming Pools by um, Kendrick Lamar. And then I think I had Gin and Juice by Snoop Dogg or Celebration, you know, by um, The Game. And then, of course, you know, the original with the Bone Thugs and Harmony. So just to, so people can see the correlation of the new school and the old school. So I know a lot of the newer artists of the younger generation probably don't know where these samples came from. So I want to showcase that. Yeah, you're right about that. Not unless they go to like whosampled.com, right? Oh, that's, that's my favorite site. That's, look, that's my favorite place. <laughs> you know, because, I love that site. I, because I'm a producer too, right? Most people don't know that. Most, I guess they know because they they watch any of the interviews, I always talk about it. But I produce too, and so I'm always looking on who sampled. And I was like, okay, who did this? What's the BPM of this thing, though? <laughs> I'm always yeah. trying to find, always <laughs> trying to find BPMs. But you know, I'm always amazed at, on who sampled, and you can see. I mean, it's a list. You can have this. Here's the original song, and it's a list of other songs. Like, wow. And I always find myself intrigued to go back and listen to go. Oh, that was that sample. Oh, that me is too. That. I love that. And then it helps me as a DJ too sometimes so I can like mix songs together because they have like, the, like you said, similar BPM or they have a similar sample. Mm hmm. Yeah. You know, one of the and it's, and it's on my playlist right now. Uh, one of that kind of uh, young and reckless blending together was somebody did a. A Camp Low. Uh, Lucini with Bobby Schmurda. Uh, one of his beats and oh man that that just that those two together with the beat of of like how it is today with Lu, Lucini this is it the way they rapped oh my gosh that was yeah I love I love those blending of of styles together now if they do it right it comes out and sounds it sounds amazing so yeah, that's that's good because most people kind of don't know where some of these samples and some of this music originate from. Uh, but when you really think about it, they are paying homage to those that came before and they're always learning something from those that came before them. I mean, we always are. You learn from the people who came before you and I'm learning from people who came before me doing what I do. Right? I'm always looking exactly. up at, you know, Timbaland and Max Martin and all these other mega producers that are that are out here. So. Yeah. Okay. So, so let's go back for a moment because let's talk about where you're from, right? So Converse, Texas, right? So where, where yeah. is Converse, Texas? 30 minutes from San Antonio. Okay. Well, I could say 30 minutes and I could say it's right there because there's parts of Converse was like Converse and then San Antonio back to Converse. Ah. So it's really close, but not that close. 
Okay. <laughs> okay. And so, so what's the music scene like? Well, or what was the music scene like growing up in Converse? Uh, and that kind of sparked your, your move into being a DJ. Well, in high school, I heard a lot of hip hop. We had a lot of young hip hop groups in my high school. You know, a lot of boys, men, rapping, starting rap groups. Um, slowly, as I got older, I experienced a lot of more, you know, the Hispanic culture. That's what mostly in San Antonio. We got a lot of Hispanics, 80%, 90%. Mm-hmm. That's out there. But it wasn't like the typical, like, Latino, cumbia, or Spanish hip hop. So, like, the Spanish people sounded just like the Black people. <laughs> so, I didn't really get to hear the Spanish people really speak Spanish like that, like I wanted to, until I started DJing, and then I slowly heard a little bit of it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I spent mm, three and a half years in El Paso. So, because I, I was stationed at Fort Bliss, Fort Bliss, Texas. And El Paso is 80, 90% Hispanic. And so... Yeah. You know, a lot of the radio stations that we listened to were in Spanish, uh, even though we had hip hop and they were still doing hip hop and all that stuff, too. But, yeah, you know, it's, I guess, kind of similar environments from San Antonio to El Paso. And I've been to San Antonio a couple of times and it does kind of have that feel. I like San Antonio. Don't let me say that. And somebody don't know from El Paso. Why? <laughs> They're like, oh, you like. Oh. But yeah, I like and San Antonio. Just, it's just a different <laughs> vibe. I mean, I live. Where we were, and of course, you know, it's El Paso is right next to Juarez, Mexico. I mean, literally, you could, I could just walk right over to, and we did a ton of times, to Juarez. And yeah, it was just, it's a different environment from what San Antonio is. San Antonio gives you a different vibe and feel, you know. And so then learning, yeah. you know, how to take that music and hip hop music and just blending those things together just gives you a great vibe and a sense of, uh, from a culture perspective of both genres and kind of, you know, blending both of those together. So, yeah, so growing up in Converse, I'm sure there wasn't a lot of hip hop uh, influences, a lot of people in the music industry uh, that wasn't there. You started off saying that is that the reason why you started the ventures that you did was because you didn't know anybody in the music industry. And I think that goes for, I think that goes for a lot of people is that we yeah. don't. Or at least I can say now I do, but in the beginning you don't. And you know, you wanna get into the music industry, but how do you get your foot in the door? And so you have to create opportunities, not just for you yourself to provide a platform for others, kind of what we do here at We Create Music TV is provide a platform for others to showcase their talents and skills and uh, creativity. But for you doing the same thing, and that also leads you to other people who may be looking at what you're doing and then saying, hey, I see what you're doing. Let's figure out a way to partner together. Exactly. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I think doing those types of things helps you to bridge a gap that may be there that you've identified that most people may not know that they need to that needs to be filled. But it also helps put eyes on you because now people are looking at you going, oh, man, what is she doing? Yeah, I want to partner with her because she's doing some amazing things like this whole U3 radio magazine. Right. Talk about that. Talk about and I want to talk about each one. Right. So we're going to talk about Young and, Rec- Young and Reckless, U3 radio magazine. And then we'll talk about the other uh, ventures uh, in just a little bit. But talk about uh, why you went from 
Young and Reckless, and then kind of bridge yourself into starting U3 Radio Magazine? Well, I started U3 Radio first and then the magazine. U3 Radio is the Underground Unsigned Unknown. That's what it stands for. It's for underground and indie artists. I play their music every Tuesday and Thursdays and also do interviews on my show as, as well. Um, and then after that, I started the magazine. And then there's this um, group, there's this podcast that's magazine I follow called Overtime Hustling. They inspired me to start my magazine. I was featured in their magazine. I saw that. I was like, if they can do it, I can do it. I do graphic myself so it shouldn't be that hard so I just dove right in just like I did my radio station no knowledge of what I was doing and started it and now I'm like, like 19 issues and I think I'm not sure off the top of my head so and I love it because um it gives me a chance like I said to showcase indie and underground artists and businesses I like, like the fact that I'm more focused on the artists and I just add space because I know a lot of magazines you get it you get less articles and mostly ads and I want mm-hmm. people to get a lot of articles ads and also i started my own underground list to just like xxl has theirs but mine's a little more different you i have a panel that votes people in based on your talent not based on who you are and who you know so wow you know and that's i like that i like that because you know most of the industry is about who you know who you know who mm, yes favoritism at times right i'll just be you know yes that's people know i don't even get to vote so that's how people always let people know because people sometimes when they don't make the list they think mm-hmm. it's biased but I let them know I don't even get the vote so it's people that some it's some people that tune into my station and some people don't get a chance to tune in as much as they can but I know they have a good ear for music so I have a group of seven panel closed list pick the people in there and they vote wow so, so how many people can get into into that list Anybody can submit. Every year, I always put a post out on my Instagram, Facebook, all my social media. I do it around March. So I start about February, and issue comes out in March. And I let people know if you want to submit your name to the underground list, you just give me your name, a picture of you, and two YouTube links. Because everybody has YouTube. That's why I do right. YouTube. It's easier for okay. anyone to listen to. And that's it. I don't let people know where you're from, your age, none of that. Just your picture, your name, and two links. Wow, okay. Yeah, and I'm sure that there are people checking that out. And, and yeah. I, I love the whole, it's a, it is a, I was, I was about to call it the jury, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's a board of people who are voting on yes. who gets in and who, who doesn't. And I'm sure there has to be some type of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not anonymity. It's, uh, I can't think of the right word I'm looking for, but where people don't get into their feelings and say, Oh, I like this person, but you don't like that person. It's like you know, it's it's a democratic voting system. It is. We, so. they, we have a we have a criteria that we all came that we all agreed on. So we use the same criteria every year, and they just listen to the music and they just vote yes, no. Mm. And that's it. Very simple. Uh, underneath the post. So so then can I you add sh- up all the votes and I pick the top. Usually, I pick about twelve people. I try to stick to around 11, 12, okay. 13 at the most. And then we have people that are close. So I, this year I did it. Usually I don't, but this year I decided to put the names that were close, either miss it by one vote or two vote. Mm. So just let them know, hey, you're close. You're almost there. Keep it up. Don't give up. Type thing. So, okay. So so can we expand upon that just a little more? I'm interested. I like that concept. So yeah. I mean, I don't know if you can share what the criteria is, or maybe one or one or two pieces of criteria of what yeah. they are. 
Let me look it up. I don't know off the top of my head, but I'm gonna look it sure. up. I got you. I'm, I'm gonna take the question. <laughs> yeah, I think that's I think that's awesome. I mean, I guess it gives people a level playing field to say if we know what the criteria is, then we know what we can work on in order to make, you know, to make that list. If yes, we don't so, make it, um, so the criteria we have is vocal cadence. Can they stay on beat? Are they original? Or do they blindly follow fast current gimmicks? And is that flow clear? And also another one that's not really good is um can they um can we see them being versatile as in we could hear them doing maybe mm. like a commercial future? So that's okay. our main criteria that we go off of. We came to it as a consensus. Like I said, a lot most of the people that are in the voting do any do something with music. So either a beat maker, they do mm. graphics, they deal with people that do music. One is a um is a gamer. But he plays my radio station all the time because with Twitch, they always doing copyright issues. No. You can't play mainstream music. So, what can you play? Underground indie music. So, he can play my radio station. So, he knows So he knows some of the artists that we submit and some of the artists they don't know. So, it makes it easier to do the vote. And I like the fact that these people can, even if they know the artists, they can take themselves out saying, oh, because I know the artists, they're automatically going to get picked. Right. You no, know, let me listen to their music. And I always tell artists to submit a song that's kind of old and then a newer song so we can also see your growth to mm. we want an artist that's constantly growing and not just staying the same okay yeah i think that's important i think that's important is so you can see if there's a growth and development within a particular artist you know where they started off and where they kind of are now but i love the uh, pieces of the criteria uh, that talks about uh, you know vocal cadence can they stay on beat because a lot of time people can't really stay stay on no. beat so you know they, you're not you're not making the cut <laughs> You know, and then when you said, <laughs> and I, I think you said originality, but I'm not sure if it was originality that was the yes. actual. Yes, if I, you're not following the fads. Yeah, following fads following. and trends. And I was like, yeah, a lot of people ain't going to make the list then. But uh, <clears throat> anyway, but I didn't yeah, say that. Artists, I submit a lot of too. I make my list every year and submit artists. And because sometimes people don't get to see my post. So I submit artists and I have people submit themselves. Mm. There's some artists who I think was going to make it, don't make it. And there's like two people in my um, voting panel that love that old school boom bat. Mm -hmm. They hear like the trap beat, they're like automatically thinking ahead, no. But they give it a chance, and then a lot of people who I think are not going to make it, make it. So it's oh, okay. a surprise that they do open up their mindset to more. Well, that's good. Yeah, that's good that they are objective. That's, yeah. they have to be objective because... You know, I, I know a person that listened totally nothing but boom bap. And as soon as he hear a trap beat, he was like, nope, nope, out, got to go. two listeners every time. That's how they yeah. are. So that's why I put them in there. So they can, one, they yeah. can, you know, open up the ears to more music and to the fact that they mm -hmm. love that old school hip hop too. It gives them a sense to, okay, that's old school. This is new school. You know, it's something different. That's right. So that's yeah. A variety of people. Yeah. So, so again, can you tell us, can you tell us how they can submit for, for that? What's the process? Yes. So if you follow me on all my social media, U3 Radio on everything, U3Radio.com, around February is when I'm going to make a post saying to submit your music. So you just submit your picture, your name, and two YouTube links to U3Radio gmail.com around February. So just watch out for the, for me to make that post. You can submit your music. All right. Yeah. Y'all look out for that. That sounds awesome. I love that whole process. I love it's just a way for indie underground artists to 
have an avenue and a platform to put themselves in a place where people are looking. Because a lot of times it's not. That's the thing. A lot of times they don't, they don't have those avenues. And I love when people like yourself create those platforms that allow people to do that. That's just, yeah. I mean, because when you think about it, yeah, when you think about it, most, most things are catered to people who have some type of notoriety or who are famous. Exactly. And so, you know, and that's what people go look for. And that's where they, all the attention goes. And it, a lot of indie artists are just as amazing as some of the big name artists. And I'll even dare to say, dare to say sometimes they're even better. But, you know. Yes. <laughs> they, they just don't get it. All right. So let's talk about uh, opening up for Snow the product and doing live shows and doing those things and being on stage in front of the whole crowd. So talk about that experience. How, how did you even get the chance to open up for Snow the product? That was my first big show. I was really nervous. Um, an artist I know by the name of High Strong down here in San Antonio, he was opening for Snow the product and you had to bring your own DJ. So I was a DJ at the time and he said, come out, I need a DJ. So I was like, sure, I came out rocked the stage with them and it was very dope. And I think they like me, not just because I'm a female. I think that was one main thing. But another reason is because I actually, you know, was dancing with the audience and the crowd. A lot of DJs, you know, they just press play and just let the artists perform. But you got to walk with the audience. You got to walk with the artists. You got to dance with them. You got to know the words. You got to be energetic, hybrid. So they really liked that, that I bought the energy. I wasn't just standing here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because uh, people are looking at the DJ. I mean, they're the... The, the DJ, right? And, you know, back exactly. in the way back in the day, way back in the day, the DJ was it. The DJ was the show. The DJ is the one who, you know, did everything. There was no MC. There was no rapper. You know, back in the day it was MCs. Now today is yeah. less MCs. But <laughs> but the DJ was, was the show. And so the DJ had to bring it because that was the person that was that was keeping everybody going. So it's good to hear that, you know, you're exuding that energy on stage and getting involved with people. Because a lot of times you go to shows today, that ain't happening. The DJ's no. not dancing, interacting <laughs> with the audience. The DJ's just like, all right, press the button. Let me, let me sit back, relax. Oh, oh I got a scratch. I just press the button. Let, <laughs> I let it automatically, automatically scratch itself. Like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Right? It takes, a, takes all the fun out of it. So... Yeah, so of course, being nervous, I'm sure it was a huge, a huge festival, huge event that was taking place, and you know, dealing just with your own individual nerves and, but no, I'm, I'm, it sounds like it went well because you were out there dancing and partying and having, having it a good did. old time. Yeah, yeah, and so doing that led to some other things, right? So, uh, I know one of the things that I read, and of course, I know this particular individual, uh, which is Derek. Uh, uh, the CEO of Loud Fest. To give a shout out to yeah. the homie Derek uh, down in, in, in Houston. Uh, but uh, yeah, he was he was just here in Atlanta uh, not too long ago, and we didn't even link up. Uh, but I, I met. But that's how I met him. I met him at a artist showcase in Houston. Uh, oh man, three, four, five, five years ago. I think five years ago, because one of the artists I was working with, Ashton, was performing down there with uh, Derek at the live thing. And I and Derek asked me if I wanted to be a sponsor 
This is when I first started We Create Music TV. And he asked me if I wanted to be a sponsor. And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? And so I spot, I yeah. was one of the sponsors for quote unquote Loud Fest at the time because it wasn't it wasn't Loud Fest like that at the time when he first started it. But yeah. yeah, so so talk about how you got involved with with Derek and getting involved with Loud Fest. Um, it was last year, Loud Fest last year. Um COVID had hit, so they really didn't know if they were gonna have Loud Fest or not. So that was a major thing. They were trying to navigate that. They decided to have Loud Fest anyway, which was good. And then I was the only San Antonio um, media coming down to Loud Fest that year. So he was very impressed. Not only that, and the fact that I did a lot for the underground and indie scene. So we linked up. I wanna, I don't know if this lady is his manager, publicist. One of the ladies that was helping out with Loud Fest linked me up with him and set up the interview. So that's how I got to interview him and talked about the Loud Fest and how he got started. I didn't get to make it that year. Like I said, COVID was high. I, mm. was, I had plans to it, but I work at a school, so I didn't want to chance it. So I didn't get a chance to go, but hopefully yeah. I can go this year. Opportunity. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that'll be that'll be dope. I need to actually make it down to uh, to the Loud Fest now, and then what it was when he first started. So that that's gonna be dope. So maybe we can link up down there. And it'd be good to see him too. I haven't seen him since, oh my gosh, since then in person. <laughs> so that was, that was some, some years ago. And you know, of course that led you to interviewing him and interviewing Lil Flip, who he, of course, who he manages. Uh, and so, yeah. right. And so now this, this is how it works, right? And so you're doing things. You, of course, are in Converse, San Antonio, but you travel. You're like, you know what? I'm going to travel to Houston to do what needs to be. I'm going to do what needs to be done. And that's yeah. what people don't realize. That's, that's, that's a gem. You have got to travel places. You have got people. You have got to travel places. You've got to go meet people. That is how you build relationships with people. It's cool to build relationships. This is kind of like my pet pep talk. It's cool to build relationships with people on social media, but you got to have that interaction with people. Like go to some of these events, link up with people because they see you. Oh, cool. You know what? Yeah, come over here. Oh, they see you again. Hey, I remember you. You was at the, you know what? Come over here with me. We're going to go. And it just builds that relationship with, with people. And I love that. And you got to do what you got to do. You got to get out there and you got to meet people because it does lead to opportunities. And a lot of people sometimes don't realize that. Yeah. So, so you did tons of, of, of mixtapes. Hold up. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to the mixed, the mixtapes in a, in a moment. Right. So as you were doing and working and, and building your own brand, what were some of your own major challenges and experiences that you face and how did you overcome some of those? Right. Because I mean, when you face it, we all got, we all have major challenges that we all have to overcome. So what were some of those for yours? I think my main challenge was the support. I wasn't in the beginning. I wasn't getting a lot of support and I thought people was going to support me. I was going to give up a couple of times, almost gave up a couple of times, but I kept going on. When I had the core people who support me, kept telling me to keep going, don't do it, we miss you. Especially when the pandemic first hit. The pandemic first hit, I had stopped doing my radio show, stopped doing interviews, giving it a break. I didn't think I was going to come back. And then artists kept hitting me up, are you doing interviews? When are you coming back? So that's what made me want to come back and continue to do my interviews and my station and my magazine. So I took 
a little break and then I bought all that back. So. Yeah, sometimes you, sometimes you have to take a break to reanalyze what it is that you really want to do. What is it that you really want to accomplish? And I know a lot of times people during that phase, they just give up. They, and they go do something else. Because when you face it, this music industry is a tough industry to be in. You know, there's yeah. not a lot of, there's not a lot of this. Here you go. Take this, do this, right? There's not a lot of handouts that people, that people give you. There's not a lot of opportunities for you to kind of be on that type of platform, right? And so you have to figure out how to, to you know, reanalyze yourself and reanalyze your brand and to say, okay, it is something I continuously want to do. So I, I'm glad you didn't give up because now we wouldn't have some of those things Thank in place you. that, that, that artists now have opportunity to take advantage of today. And I know a lot of people, I mean, just imagine how many people probably out there wanted to do something within music, had high hopes, had dreams, but they gave up along the way. And now whatever they were going to create, whatever message they were going to deliver, we would never hear it because, yeah. because they gave up. You know, and it's, it's a shame. It's, it, it is a shame. There were times when yeah. I wanted to give up. Yeah, there were times when I wanted to give up. Oh, gosh. So stuff is whew, trying to just get people to be on board with what you do. That's tough. People want to buy in. People, I find it so, I find it so discouraging at times that people will easily gravitate towards a famous artist and provide support for a famous artist. But when it comes to people in their own local circles, that's it. No, it tooth and nail. Yeah. Gotta, tooth and nail. So I, I, I think there's platforms like what you provide that looks at those individuals at whatever level they may be and give them a platform uh, and a voice. And yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad you, I'm so glad you didn't give up. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. So glad you didn't give up. You know, so like I said, we all we all face challenges and, you know, having a strong support system is something that that people truly, truly need. So what did that look like for you? Right. What did that look like for you from a, a support perspective uh, as far as helping you to keep going and stay motivated and stay encouraged in your own musical walk? Um, one was the encouraging words, you know, that's always good to have. I had a lot of people give me encouraging words, like telling me not to give up, keep going. And also when a, when the good artists, not a good artist, when dope artists send me music, <laughs> <laughs> when dope artists send me music to play, that's another motivation. Cause that's when I hear something nice or hear something that catches my eye. And I'm like, you know what? Someone else needs to hear this, not just me. So that's another yeah. motivator. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we all need that. We all have to have some type of motivation. There's a reason why we wake up and doing what we do every single day. You know, and I think as you said, you have a full time regular job. Yes. Yeah, me too. Right. So that makes it even tougher when you have a full time regular job and then you still come home and you you then have to work on, you know, your quote unquote real job, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and kind of build that to where you want it to be. So one day it, it'll just maybe overtake your 
regular job. And then you can just live off of that and start making money off of that. So yes. So let's get into those mixtapes. Mixtapes. So look, look at this. It says, <clears throat> I'm going to read this. She has also hosted three mixtapes and released over 20 chopped and screwed mixtapes. Over 20 chopped and screwed mixtapes. So let's talk about that process, right? So of course, the process of hosting a mixtape, because I don't know if I've, I think I've met one person that actually hosts a mixtape. And then creating your own mixtapes and putting those out. So what was that process like for you? What was the decision uh, behind doing that? And what was that process like? Put out the mixtapes is always, um, to me, I always put out songs that I love to listen to. That's how I um, pick which songs to chop and screw. These were chop to screw mixtapes. So I would listen to a song and if I, I love it, or I want to know what it sounds like chopped and screwed, I would chop it and screw it myself, especially if I can find it. If no one has chopped and screwed it yet, or I don't like their version, I'll do it myself. And I'll just, um, then I'll make it into a compilation for the mixtape. I have a couple R&B mixtapes. Tapes, of course, the Young and Reckless series. I also have um, some hip hop series. A lot of my series, I collab with a lot of DJs. I love collabing with DJs because I feel like, like my skill should not be the only skill showcase, but also other skills can be showcased too. So I love to collab with other DJs and show their skills and how you know they do what they do, just like I do. And that's how I network with a lot of DJs and met a lot that's of right. people <laughs> doing music. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I see. Like I said, that's that's an avenue that most people won't do. It's like, OK, I'm going to put out a mixtape, but I'm going to do it. And it's like, no, let me find some other talent that can be on here as well. And it helps to build those relationships. And because one of them DJs may be like, hey, you know what? I'm not really feeling well today, but I got this show that I'm supposed to do for Kendall Lamar. He needs a DJ. Can you step in for me? Right. And it just leads to opportunities and you can't have exactly. the opportunities if you just want to be on a one-man island by yourself which is why i like collaborating exactly. with with other people yeah you yeah because you never know one day it's going one day that stuff happens like that i remember I had a, I have a friend back in st louis where i used to live that's how he got one of the his major gigs is that he was friends with another um uh, guitar player and the guitar player got sick and it was supposed to fill in for, I think, Jill Scott. And he was like, I can't make it, but I need somebody. Can you go? And it was like, yeah, I'm there. And he went and now he's one of the people. But that's how, but that's nice. how it starts. That's how it starts. Right. So exactly. Yeah, ex exactly. I don't think people realize people realize that. So, you know, so so what are you into now? What are you do currently doing today? Uh, with with your DJ career uh, and where are you looking to go into the future with it? Um, I still DJ in bars and clubs here and there depending on which promoter books me. Um, I want to do more concerts, more private parties type events. Um, with the radio stuff, I'm still doing the radio stuff, of course, playing the music, doing the interviews, still doing the magazine. I have an issue coming out. Um, this month beginning, end of this month, beginning August is to my Latino edition. So I just want to let you know, cause I do play more than just, most people just assume I just play hip hop and R&B, but I do play Latin music. I play pop. I do play Christian music. I used to have a Christian show. 
every second and fourth Sunday, but then the Christian artist was like, just pivot with the regular artist, so I play it all. <laughs> so I play it all. And um and I think I'm trying to bring back my U3 mixtapes. I had did three U3 mixtapes, two regular mm. editions and one edition. So I'm bringing that back. I'm bringing back my worldwide ciphers where I get a cipher beat uploaded to SoundCloud. Any artist can download it, spit to it, upload it. We pick the best four verses. We put it together on the beat and we have our cipher. I'm trying to bring back my high 16s where people used to call into the radio station, spit 16 bars a cappella just for fun. Sometimes we give out prizes. So there's a lot of stuff that I used to do that I'm trying to bring back slowly. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, that's dope. You know, it's so funny. It's so funny that the Christian artists were like, you know what? No, just spend with everybody else. Just spend with the regular, <laughs> the regular artists. But yes, there's one Christian artist. He goes by the name of Wild Redeem. I play him from St. Louis. He's a very dope yep. artist and he can outbar any regular artist any day. And he's a Christian artist. Look, look, he's, there's a lot. So, <laughs> so, 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 I mean, that's how I got introduced into music, right? I don't know a lot of people don't know that. I'm a believer. So I got started in, oh, I'm not even gonna say when I got started in music. <clears throat> but it's, it's 2021, right? I mean, I've been doing music since I was a little kid, right? Whether it was singing yeah. or, you know, doing stage plays and stuff like that. But yeah, so so I grew, I can't say I grew up in that environment, but I got into the music industry around a lot of Christian hip hop artists. I mean, I lived in St. Louis. St. Yeah. Louis was one of the meccas for Christian hip hop. I mean, I could I rattle off three Christian hip hop artists from there. Yeah, I could rattle off like names just out of St. Louis that make up the majority of the Christian hip hop genre. And there was, and they're gonna kill me for saying this, but it's okay. It's okay though, y'all. Whatever, it is what it is. But for the longest time, there was a huge separation. Yeah. Like, like no, we will not be doing anything with any secular, secular people. No. And now it's just funny to hear it's like, no, just put me in with the regular, <laughs> the, the regular artist. Just put me in with, with everybody else, you know? Yes. I get it. I, I get it. But yeah, I remember there was a huge, oh gosh, huge separation. Oh, and yeah, yeah. And I know, like I said, I know, I know many Christian artists from St. Louis and because that's where I lived for the past 10 years before I moved to Atlanta. But yeah, that is so, but I hope those things come back. So people can have those other avenues to showcase their talent. And uh, once again, that platform just, that's what I've learned. You never know who's looking at what you're doing. So if you, if you stay, yes. if you stay focused and do what you do, you never know who's looking and going, oh, I see what you're doing. Oh, I mean, I get, t I get text out of, or DMs out of nowhere. Hey, I love what you're doing with your show. Keep it up. I'm like, where'd that come from? I don't. I don't exactly. even know you. Oh, you watch it? Oh, that's what's up. Appreciate that. Hey, I love what you're doing. That I like the too. platform you have. You I'm like, it. oh, okay. Well, thank you. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's how, kind of like yourself, kind of like a couple of guests that I have is, is out of nowhere. It's like, hey, I was following you and I saw what you were doing. I wanted to sign up for an interview. Let's, let's, oh, you did? Oh, wow. I appreciate that. You just never know who is actually peering in and looking at what you are, what you are doing. Yes, I, I think that's, I think that's, that's great. But yeah, I, I just think the whole Christian hip hop thing was, it's funny. We, we, we can talk <laughs> offline, we can talk offline more about that. <laughs> oh gosh, yes. So, you know, what advice would you give anybody trying to get into 
the world of music, the world of DJing, what would you tell them? What, what would be like your top two to three biggest pieces of advice for anybody getting into this industry? One is just go for it, because that's what I did. I didn't know anything about broadcasting, music, magazine. I just went for it. Just go for it. You might make some mistakes along the way. I know my first episode of my radio station bombed, but I learned from it, moved on, and now I'm here. Um, another one is um, feel free to don't be afraid to learn. I'm always on YouTube learning new stuff when it comes to graphics, music, um, programs, and ask people. If I see someone doing a, using a program that's really dope, feel free to ask them. The least, the most they can say is either "No, nah, I'm not going to give you my information," or "Yeah." I, I will. So, you know, network with people. And don't be afraid to talk to the DJ. I know a lot of artists are always scared because they see DJ. They just assume, oh, I got to pay to get my music played. Some DJs are like that. Most DJs aren't. Most DJs are just like, here's my email. Send it. So don't be afraid to talk to DJs or network with them. Even if they don't say just send it, they'll tell you ways to get your music out there. And I think that's it. I think that's my top advice <laughs> yeah that's awesome i i do think people are afraid to talk to the djs because you know that, there the used to be historically the perceptive that you had to pay the dj one and then two the djs would just shut you down right they were like i mean because back back then that was i'll say i say back then just because i'm just older but <laughs> no no it's i mean true. but it, it's true right so back then like the djs pretty much ran everything you wanted to know if your song was popping give it to the dj at the club let the dj throw it on and see what everybody do if everybody loves it if everybody loves it in the club they're gonna love it everywhere else and and that was that exactly. was tr that was true but there was the perception that you had to pay the dj and if you didn't pay the dj you wasn't going to get your stuff get your stuff played and i've heard many djs i don't want money if here's my information if your song is dope i'll play it and there's protocol Right, there's protocol. You can't just run up, hey, yo, DJ, play my stuff, man. I'm the hottest dude in the city. Like, play, and the DJ's like, mm, really though? Are you really the hottest dude in the city? Anyway, let's find out. Yeah. <laughs> or sometimes a lot of people don't realize that, you know, DJs are doing a lot of stuff when they're DJing an event. They're not just there pressing and play. We're trying to get music together. We're trying to get show sets together. All this are performing, getting our next song for the mix. So you can't just sit there and have a whole conversation with us. And then there's music blasting in our ear. We can barely mm -hmm. hear you. You trying to tell us about your new project? That's how we can't hear you. So the best right. thing to do is wait till after the show. Come up to us. Hey, how can I get my music played? Or oh, what's your email address? Not doing the show, but we can. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, cause, yeah, not doing the show. You know, because DJs are like engineers. DJs, exactly. the the DJs are like the engineers. And if I tell artists, if you want to get your song to, or producers, if you want to get your song to major artists, go through the engineers. Go through the engineers. Same thing. Go through the producers because the producers are, are super connected with each other. I mean, they have DJ coalitions all over the globe and DJs yeah. are super connected with each other and they know a lot of people. DJs find themselves knowing a lot of people and that is a great avenue for marketing your brand as an artist, as a producer. It's those two avenues. <laughs> DJs and, and audio and audio engineers yeah. yes yes those are the biggest ones yes man so it's it's, it's been good i, I do want to ask about your podcast though let's talk about that the well you well you asked podcast yes yes <laughs> i gotta make 
make sure I say it, say it right. Well, you ask podcast. What is that about? What do you, what do you do on? So the you guys started with me in it. Well, it started with an artist who invited me to join him, and it we, it didn't work out with us because he wasn't. People don't realize that radio podcasting is a lot of work. He thought it would be easy. It didn't work out, so we left it alone for a year. And then I kept getting these likes on the like page on Facebook. I'm like, we haven't been live in a year, and you get like one like here, two likes here. So I was like, maybe mm. that's a sign for you to be back. I brought it back up. I was looking for a co-host for another podcast that I'm co-hosting on. And two guys inboxed me. I knew one of them, but I didn't know the other one. They were married, so they couldn't do the other podcast. So I was like, you know what? I have a podcast that might be perfect for you guys. We had a Zoom meeting before we relaunched it, and they meshed well. They clicked automatically. So I was like, this is it. These are the two guys that's going to work out perfectly. And it did. And the fact that I'm not just doing all the work really mm-hmm. helped. People just assume because I'm a graphic designer, I do all the work. Yes, I do all the graphics. But I send it to them, they post, they will promote, they help me find guests and all, everything else. So it's not just me doing everything. So the fact that I had help really makes the load lighter on me, so it helps. <laughs> and one used, to have his, one used to have his own podcast too, so he knew a, he knew a little bit about podcasting. Okay. And the fact that they all married with kids brings another perspective to our podcast. Our podcast called Where You Ask because the whole purpose is it is where you ask. Like you ask us a question or you give us a topic and we will talk about it, no matter how crazy it is or mm-hmm. how small you think. We didn't got topics on relationships from the black community to everything. And if people don't ask us the questions, we have our own topics that we like to talk about. One of our podcast, one of our hosts, he talked about his um his past, how he was sexually abused, and you know that helped a lot of people to come out to say, hey, this happened to me. So we talk about everything and, and we do play games. So it's not just all serious topics. We play games on there. We eat food. We promote black businesses, other businesses that support us. So we do a lot. That's awesome. Our show. Yeah, that's awesome. You got a lot of stuff that you're involved in and that you're doing and you still work a full-time job. That's, you know, <laughs> yes. hustle. That, that's the hustle in you. And I like that. I like that. That's a lot of people need to have that same type of hustle in order to achieve whatever they need to to really achieve so yeah i know how difficult it can be when you're doing everything by yourself <clears throat> i know how everything is when you're doing everything by yourself <laughs> yes people out there and watching this interview i know because i gotta do i'm everything by myself the graphic designer the the host i gotta create oh god i gotta do everything i edit the video yes. i gotta color all of, i gotta do everything right so and and I want to start a podcast. That's that's one of the one things I want to do. I want to start a podcast, and I want some guests. I mean, not, well, I gotta have guests, but I want some hosts. But yes, it's yes, it's hard I... to find hosts that not only can you trust can put it in work because a lot of but, hosts don't realize that <sighs> a lot of work in podcasts. It's that's not just what it is. Showing up to the podcast, you have to promote. You have to share. You have to, like you say, get the guests. Yes. It's more than just showing up. And you have to be active with the podcast, too. You can't just sit there. You have right. to give your input. You have to talk. You can't just be the shy one of the group. That's right. So. Yeah, I, I had put up on Instagram. I was like, yo, I'm redesigning the show. I want to start a podcast, and I'm looking for some podcast co-hosts. And I put up these podcast qualifications, and my wife was like, wait a minute. You you have to pay people. If, if this is the qualifications you want, you're going to have to pay somebody. 
because you you asking a lot. You think what they gotta have their own camera? Like, oh no, nah, you asking way too <laughs> way because that was it's a video podcast kind of just like this. Yes, and it's, and yes. It's like, most people got a camera on their laptop. Like, yes. Like yeah, get yes. a, a get a good camera. Let's. Yeah, I understand. That's why we started season one. We started doing video because, like I said, COVID just COVID was hitting, and we didn't want to be around each other. And then season two, now we're face to face, us three. So it makes it are easier you, not. To have are you still video? Face. Are you still doing the video part with it? Yes, we still go live yes. via Facebook yeah. and um, YouTube, but we're all in the same room now, so it yeah. makes it easier. Yeah, yeah, because a lot of people consume video, and they want that. They want that video, and so anybody out there yeah. watching. You want to be hit me up if you think if you interested. It's going to it's work. Oh gosh, it's work. But it's if you're work. interested, yo, let me know. I'm kind of looking for some some host co-host with your boy. So, man, DJ Baby Blue Diamond. We didn't even talk about how you got your name. Let's let's talk about that before we wrap up. How did you get your name, DJ Baby Blue Diamond? <laughs> Uh, that's very funny because I don't have like a sentimental story. I just needed a YouTube name at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and baby girl was taken, all the baby girls, anyway, you spell it with the I's, with the U's. Oh, yeah, baby girl taken. taken. That's when YouTube first started. I kept putting off. I was like, I don't need a YouTube. I don't need a YouTube. I don't, I'm not going to sign up for YouTube. I, I was trying to put it off. And then I finally signed up for YouTube because there's videos. You can't like videos or share video, or save videos until you create an that's account. Right. All the baby girls was taken. Um, one of the summer camps I worked at, a student of mine had made a picture that just said the word diamond on it with some dice on it. I don't know why they did that. They just made a picture for me. I kept it and had it on my wall for the longest. And my favorite color was baby blue. I put it together and no one had took that name. So I was like, oh, I got a YouTube name. So for the longest, I just needed it for YouTube. And then when I started DJing, I was like, I need a DJ name. I was like, oh, okay, my YouTube name. So There you go. DJ <laughs> no baby blue diamond. <laughs> She's like, no creative story. I just needed the name for YouTube and that's... Exactly. That's what it was. That's how it happened. You know? Yeah, no, it doesn't have to be, you know, any weird story. It was like you one day, you know, I was dreaming and all of a sudden a diamond fell out of the sky and it was blue. like, no, nah. it's, you know, it could just be. <laughs> can you hear some of those sometimes, right? You know? Yeah. Crazy stories of how they like the old name I used to be known by. But that's a different story for a different time. Oh, wow. So let's talk about where people can find you. How can they get in contact with you? How can they connect with you so that they can take advantage of all the wonderful things that you are currently doing? U3radio.com. You can find everything on there. You can find my U3 radio stuff. You can find my Purple World radio station, which is my Chopped and Screwed radio station. You can find um, my mixtapes and all the music from the artists I play, music videos, live performances, promotion opportunities, and the magazine at U3 Radio on all social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and that's where I post everything that's going on with U3. Um, well, You Ask podcast is on all social media platforms too, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram and Facebook. We're live every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Central Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Time for the Well You Ask podcast. U3 Radio live Tuesdays and Thursdays, 8 p.m. Central Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And my interviews on U3 Radio varies. It all depends. So you just got to watch out when I make a post or when we have an interview. Like I have an interview today, right after my interview. So <laughs> <after this. laughs> Hey, hey, that's that's how we, that's how you do it though. That's how you do it. That is, that's yes. awesome. That's awesome. And I'll have everything linked in all of your social media linked in the description of this video as well, so that they can just click on it and go right to the radio station, your Instagram page, Facebook, whatever it may be. 
But wow, DJ Baby Blue Diamond, it has been a privilege having you on today and getting to know you and learning more about what you are doing. And now I can say, hey, I know DJ Baby Blue Diamond. She's doing all these things. So check it out. You know, so we, now when you start posting stuff up about being on the list and I'll, I'll hey, y'all need to do this. Yeah, she's doing some great stuff. Check it out. Right. So some of that, you know, cross promoting of what we do. So, yeah. So it, once again, it has been a pleasure having you on. Uh, stick around for just one moment while I close this out, if you wouldn't mind. Yes. yes. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. DJ Baby Blue Diamond. Like I said, I love when people have just that hustle in them to and that drive to just provide platforms for other people. They're not selfish. They don't live in that bubble of it's just me. I want to provide a service to other people. Kind of what we do here at We Create Music TV, but I love what she's doing and I love how she's providing that platform for indie and underground artists. And if you are an indie and underground artist, you should be connecting with her and what she's doing. Make sure you do that. Once again, everything's going to be linked in the description so that you can check it out. But once again, thank you very much for joining us here on We Create Music TV. Make sure to like what we like this video. Subscribe to the channel. Right, right now we're in this race to 1,000 subscribers by the 31st. Help you help us out. Right now we sit at 831. So get us to 1,000 by Friday, Saturday, something like that. So we're in crunch time right now. So we're gonna be pushing hard for our 1,000 subscriber. Maybe our 1,000 subscriber, maybe he or she may get something crazy. You don't know yet, you know, right? So be that 1,000 subscriber and see what happens. But once again, you can check out all of our interview segments every Monday and every Thursday night here on We Create Music TV. And of course, you can check out all the available content that we have on our YouTube channel. Also on our website, WeCreateMusic.tv. We have a lot of stuff that's up there as well. But appreciate you tuning in and have a great whatever it may be whenever you're watching this particular video. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate it.